Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Alan Moore and you're listening to Gaelic Games Europe's twice-weekly podcast, This Sunday's Game. A very warm welcome to This Sunday's Game. As the summer reaches its zenith, we of course are going to cool down with some great sports news and of course a terrific interview with Cork Intercounty Camogie player Saoirse McCarthy. She's going to tell us about how she made the step up from minor to senior and just why sport is so important for young women. But first, a bit of news. Another wave of worry has washed across the Irish GA community. Four more clubs suspending operations temporarily due to suspected COVID outbreaks. The latest one being today, Dublin's Man of War Club. A club statement has said that they are suspending all training and matches until further notice and that this is a precautionary measure while the individual in question awaits the commencement of the contact tracing process and further guidance from the public health authorities. The GAA is expected to give more guidance around return to play protocols as club games recommends around the country from next Friday. Cork's Tomás Mulcahy believes it's an ideal time to be an inter-county manager and that the club versus county debate is a nonsense. He told RT Sport yesterday that if he gets four weeks lead-in time to the commencement of the inter-county campaign, let these guys go and try their damned hardest with their club over the next number of weeks. He can see these guys perform at a very high level, they're getting very good games and I think it's massive preparation for going into an inter-county campaign. The Camogie community is mourning the loss of Eileen O'Mahony, the eight-time All-Ireland Championship winner with Dublin, of course, was named as the goalkeeper of the century in 2004. Gigi sends their condolences to her family and loved ones. We go now to West Cork to speak with Corsi Rovers and Cork County Camogue, Saoirse McCarthy. I am delighted to welcome on to this Sunday's game this Sunday, an All-Ireland champion of all things, and another one from Cork. We had Orla Farmer on a few weeks ago, and now we have a Camogue. A very warm welcome to the show, Saoirse McCarthy. Hiya. Uh, <laughs> I'm great. It's great to be here. Saoirse, uh, look, first of all, thank you very much for coming on such short notice, because I only grabbed you on today, um, even though... I've been admiring what you've, your, your thoughts for the last little while, especially on uh, the, let's just say, the elimination of minor. Well, the minor championship was the only championship out of everyone who had already started their campaign this year. They had about two games played. And when the Camogie Association announced their plan for the following year after the coronavirus and after the club championships, they just left out the minors altogether. So basically their reasoning was behind it was because... The, some of the girls that were full age, full minor, they would be playing up into higher, like adult level, and they couldn't fix the games so that the girls could go to both. Where take the year out, let those girls play for their own age, and I don't know, they just cancelled it and it was wrong, I think, in my opinion, anyway. At times, still, I agree with you because I think it's, uh, you know, players come through at different times and you know, developing and not burning out, like sort of like jumping between grades is very, very important because minor uh, was the making of you. Oh yeah, completely. I mean, two years ago I, I was minor and it was the day after minor level and I got the call up to senior. And I know a couple of girls were the same last year that won the All-Ireland. I think it's such an important year and as well for girls, it's such a big year that girls drop out of sport. 
and for a lot of them it would be their last year to represent their counties and it's, it was just kind of taken away from them and it was really unfair that's a big deal as well on its own because that is something that just you've mentioned I'm glad you brought it up that Orla Farmer um, brought up as well when, when we, we chatted keeping um, girls in sport because the drop off in participation is so sharp from 16, 17, 18 do you think that maybe in one way if there's like, some very good uh, camogie players but that kind of shock the step up to senior will discourage them from continuing on in the sport? It doesn't really happen kind of at the elite the elite side of it. I find to know if, if there's always that maybe five girls on a team that are kind of that much above the rest of the team, they might keep coming and if they get lost, the girls, the fringe players, the girls who kind of would be on the bench or kind of half playing or just club girls, they all drop off at that age. And if they're just like, oh, what's the point of playing if it doesn't even matter? If they're going to cancel our championship, you know, what's the point? Where are we going to go from here, do you know? I just feel like it's disheartening for them. A lot of our camogues around Europe who are not Irish, non Irish born, I should say, uh, they, they're coming into the game late, most of them. Uh, you kind of did, but maybe not as late as some of ours, but you were, you were a, a late bloomer or a late beginner, I should say. I was definitely a late beginner anyway from where I live. Like I live in a small village where GA is basically the only thing to do. And um, I didn't start till I was nine. I tried everything before that horse riding and I actually I, I did athletics for a couple of years as well I started when I was nine ten it was fine to know I was kind of <laughs> I kind of never really went to training I wasn't really into it like for years anyway I remember um being really young and the girls all the girls my age got to go to the fela but I wasn't invited because um I can't remember I just never went and I wasn't really part of it and it was just weird to see like how half of them girls now were gone they, they've dropped away and I was still hanging around. <laughs> <laughs> well, hanging, hanging around and you're, you're on the county panel, I mean, that, those two things don't uh, connect yeah. for me. So listen, just uh, tell us then, give us a little bit of a story about Sirius McCarthy. It could be fiction or non-fiction, you tell us, like we, 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 we won't judge. How did you develop then through from being left off the fail, fail panel to being called up as a young one onto the uh, Cork Senior Panel? Well, I don't know, like, my dad, they, my mom and dad didn't really have much to do with the GA. My dad was a boxer and my mom was into athletics and cross-country distance running, that kind of thing. Um, so there was obviously a lot of sport there, but my, my older brother and sister never played, you know, it was just kind of something to do. I was always down the pitch, like, I lived really close to the pitch and I used to go down and play with all the lads down there, like, I'd be the only girl and it was kind of... Yeah, I think it was just my thing. Like all the caretakers at the pitch, they'd be like, "Geez, we haven't seen Sirish in a while. Do you know where is she? It could be two days." I live down there. I think that's kind of it. You know, going to training is one thing, but it's the days in between training that that's what puts the difference. And I think I kind of well underseen and my first year under eighteen, but um, it was my full age under eighteen that I really kind of grew as a player. I think. A lot of us stepped up and became leaders on the team, a lot of girls my age. And um, yeah, I played senior and intermediate then during that year. So we won the minor All-Ireland in April and we played intermediate and senior throughout the summer. And then September came and I was playing with the intermediates and we won the intermediate All-Ireland and I got player of the matches in that as well. 
and then I only got the senior medal. A lot of people would say it doesn't count, but uh, I have it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, they all count. How much of a shock was it to the system this year that everything was closed down? Um, because last year you were going great guns up until the All Ireland semi final. You got bet by a point by Galway. But this year, you really looked like an awesome team. And you were in great form as well. It was actually awful. So we were looking at the league and you know, we were only, I was only saying it to one of the girls the other day, one of the, one of the club girls who was on the panel as well. She was saying, um, you know, if we, we were looking at the league final, like we were gearing towards it and it would have been in Crow Park and it would have been a double header with the lads. And how big of a stage that would have been with a big crowd in Crow Park, you know, it's... It's massive, and especially because the whole thing was blown wide open when Tip beat the champions Galway, and we were that was a big shock to, to everyone, really. Um, well, we, we beat Kilkenny by a good bit, and they beat us last year in the league, so we were really, really looking forward to the summer. And I was going to, you have to look at it that way. Every everyone was stopped, you know. Do, do you think that now, now the, the clubs are a week away from coming back? Now, of course, we had the outbreaks in well, you know, clubs in West Cork, which you were discussing before we came on air, and one up in Dublin today, uh, Man of War out in Gap. Do you think maybe there is a little bit of a fear going around that things might even be pushed back further still? Definitely. Like, we were actually supposed to be playing Carberry last or this weekend in a challenge match. We were supposed to be playing them Monday. And um, we cancelled it because of Balnascarty's involvement in the closing and stuff like that. So we're playing someone else now from East Cork. We're playing Killa in a challenge game. And um, great to be back anyway for as long as we can. But I could see it going back till into lockdown. And <laughs> really? It's a massive fear. Imagine being, half, imagine being halfway through a championship and going, oh no. Sorry. <laughs> you always feel like Liverpool, like, you know, when you, 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 everything's like falling into place for you and then you, the whole season stops. In, in that, they could I mean, taste it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, it's in your hands almost. Yeah. Um, because there's all the discussion about county training, club training. Do you think that a lot of players will just be flying when it comes back, to, when, the, when the county comes back into training in, in September? Or do you think that maybe some people might be a bit nervous to, to, to sort of mix and match. Um, no, I think people will be flying. I really do. Sure, we're going to be playing championship against people all over the county anyway, so what's the difference between training with them and playing against them? Uh, there's obviously a fear there, and I can't wait to be back training with the girls anyway. I haven't been this away from them for this long. <laughs> like We would never be away from each other this long, ever. Um, maybe the winter break is a maximum of two months, but this has been... So long, like <laughs> <laughs> most county teams, really club teams as well, especially were doing different Zoom sessions and chats. Like you, that's the Camogie panel was doing the same thing. The Zooms were corporate, more like bonding. We did a quiz and we were kind of doing loads of analysis and stuff on matches that we played earlier in the year. Um, we were just getting programs like running programs and stuff to do individually and workouts and things like that. Um, I think they trust us a lot so we didn't really have to do the Zooms like they trust us that we're going to keep ourselves in shape and mind ourselves it was actually great even though the lockdown was hard without training and stuff it was great to have your own time like your friends obviously friends tell you ask you if you wanted to go somewhere and you could actually say yes for the first <laughs> time um, you didn't have to worry about training <laughs> so it was great we were just um, running the roads I suppose that doesn't sound so good when you're running the roads or running on the streets, but I'll, I'll, I'll move on from that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but listen, um, 
it does something that it's a question we all talk about sacrifices so we all make sacrifices you know you're a student you're you're studying in cit uh recreation leisure management but you have to you've just said that you have to give up an awful lot to pursue a dream of getting another all-ireland medal or another few all-ireland medals Sometimes you sort of like sit there late at night and you look at Instagram, you see all these people having fun and you think, oh, ah, for God's sake, you know. Definitely. Like it goes through your head. But then I, I was saying that for a good while because I didn't have any All-Irelands. But then when I won it, I was like, <laughs> once you have it, then you're like, okay, that's fine. Because God knows you're going to party then. <laughs> well, let us know that. That's, that's the, always the problem. It's like, you know, in, your dad would know this, like when, when you become a, a boxing champion, the hardest thing to do is then defend, defend your crown or defend your title because you've made it to the top. So, you know. You're enjoying else, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're enjoying it and everyone wants to try and grab a piece of it. And listen, just be, before we, we round up, I just want to ask you, yesterday, of course, in, our, in, in Ireland, uh, we, we had Jack Charlton passed away. What kind of has been the atmosphere, like even for your folks, like uh, you know, pe- people around, like, what, what's kind of the, the, the vibe over that? Oh, well, we were all really sad. Like I, I heard it on the radio and I went straight over it and I told my Nana and my mom. They had already known because my dad had let them know. But it was awful. And I remember we were training yesterday morning with the club and our trainer said, put him under pressure. And I, in my head, I went, put him under pressure. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't even know he had passed away at that stage. And I was already doing it in my head. And I actually, I said it, it was awful. Honestly, like... He's the most Irish Englishman. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Mom was over in, um, she has great men- memories of Italian 90. She was over in Santa Panza. And the whole place was red, white and gold. And um, she was, she just, every time she thinks about that, she's over in the sun and the, the place was full of Irish singing out the balconies and everything. I'd say, say between Cork and Kilkenny, Cork and Galway, who would be your biggest rivals? Because I've just mentioned Ireland, England. So now I'm asking you, who, who do you hate the most? Kilkenny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. Why? Um, 100%. Growing up, oh my God. When we were under 14, I don't think we beat them once. Under 16, I don't think we beat them once. Minor, under 16, they beat us in the under 16 All-Ireland semi-final. I think we were B that year. I was B anyway. I mean, I would love to beat Kilkenny. Like, all through the years, they beat us. We beat the minor. And it wasn't even a good match. It wasn't even an important match. I cried. <laughs> I cried when we beat them the whole way home. And my mom was like, it was only like a round robin type thing in the minor All-Ireland. But I was delighted anyway. <laughs> and then we beat them. We beat them this year in the league by a good bit. And I was shocked. Like it was, we were kind of in our own space. We weren't even thinking about them. But then afterwards, we're beating an awful lot there and we didn't even think about it you know so I think that's the way this year was so exciting at the start anyway because we were beating teams that we would have thought were tough you know <laughs> by a good bit and stepping on from that so that's who you hate uh, or dislike <laughs> or, or a big rival um because we were mentioned with Jack Charlton and, and, and Ireland um are you Cork first or Irish first Cork Okay. I think every Cork person is going to answer that question <laughs> the same. <laughs> Tommy Tiernan once said, more um, impressed by being from Cork than being president of Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Listen, I want to round up by, by just asking, like, um, you know, say if you, if you see yourself five years down the line, 
what do you want to be doing work-wise and what you want to be doing on the field? Oh God, I don't know work-wise. I'd love to be, um, I'd say I'd still be in college to be fair. And playing-wise, I'd love to be a name on the court team. To you know, maybe, to you know, there's one thing being on the court team and there's another thing being an influence on other people. And I'd love to be one of those people like Orla Cotter, Jim O'Connor, Aoife Murray. You know, they're all massive names that you I looked up to when I was younger. So I'd like to be that kind of influence on the team. How important is it for young girls to have strong sporting role models, female role models? Oh, it's so important. Like I see it down in the, in the cool camp. Like maybe the cool camp down in... Um, in our club, they might they might see me a bit different because I go every year, but uh, they're a bit used to me. But um, when the other girls come, like Orla Cotta came as a guest and they were all freaking out and they want everything signed. And but they see that and they're like, that's what I want to be, you know? And I got an awful lot of role models when I was growing up. In um, I remember Sarah Hayes, she was she's from my own club and she played for Cork, but she was my under-16 trainer as well. And I looked up to her so much. Like everything she said was gold dust. Like if she told me I had to run 20 kilometers to uh, get on the Cork team, I would. <laughs> that <laughs> second, go. Um, look, for, for your club, Corsi Rovers, uh, how difficult is it for a lot of players that they're being kind of made to choose between club and county? Um, because there is that debate going on. A lot of it is artificial because players want to play for clubs first and then their counties. Do you think that there's maybe a bit too much talk in the media about the club versus county divide? I do. And as well as that, I would have thought, like in my opinion anyway, I thought that county should have come back first. Now, it's not because I have, there's nothing wrong with my club. It's just logically I thought the Camogie Association missed a beat when they should have taken all the airtime that the lads had given up over the summer. And um, to know that's a story for another time, but... Uh, that was really annoying as well, the way that they didn't. <laughs> but, um, well, it's the way it is now. I suppose the difference is, I think, in Cork is the Paddy, the manager of the Cork team, he really does interact with all the club managers. And I think he, um, he communicates well and tells us to know when to go and when to not go. But most of the time we are with our county teams training and the clubs understand that too. And they know that we're going to be better off for it and anyway. So um, there's kind of there's no animosity there in Cork anyway, but I don't know what it's like in other counties. It, it is something that I think it's a lot of time it's like wound up by the media because some people complain the county's more important. And it's, I actually, I, it's, it's very good that you said that about the counties because in terms of controlling COVID, it makes more sense to have the county panel training rather than... There's a lot less girls. <laughs> a a lot, lot less girls. Exactly. And final little thing I want to ask is, we've, as I said, we have a lot of um, commogues around Europe of all different nationalities. Um, there's also people who are thinking of taking it up, uh, taking up camogie. Why should pe- women play camogie? It's an easy question because it's just brilliant to make friends, right? If you're living anywhere... It doesn't matter whether you're good or bad or what's the story. You're going to make friends because you're going to be just with each other training. You're going to be with each other matches off the pitch, on the pitch. Like if you're foreign, if you're out foreign and if you're Irish or if you're not, and if you're looking to make friends in somewhere different, you're going to need a sport or an activity of some sort. But GA is so good like that. Um, I think as well, the fact that it's amateur and the fact that... um, people play for the joy of it 
rather than other reasons, money or whatever. Um, it kind of brings it home to just enjoy it, you know, enjoy it while you're there. It doesn't have to be taken too seriously as well. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's a good community to be part of. Listen, that's 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 the perfect way to end it off. That's fun as a good community <laughs> part of. Seriously, McCarthy, listen, very, very best of luck for this season. I hope you're going to get that next senior championship medal. Thank you. Thanks, Alan. As the final whistle blows on this episode of this Sunday's game, we'd like to thank Saoirse McCarthy for her time. Wish her the very, very best of luck in grabbing that second All Ireland senior medal. And we'll be back, of course, on Wednesday. So until then, take care of yourselves and each other. <laughs>